Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is our weekly podcast where we share our stories of starting and running our float centers. We love it when you join us as we work together to raise our education level on building, marketing, and running our float centers. As always, you can find us at Art of the Float on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, even that Instagram thing. And as always, you can visit us at artofthefloat.com to find show notes, links, pictures, all that good stuff uh, as you see fit. As always, I'm Dylan, your host, joined with Amy of Float Nashville. And uh, before we get started, just want to give a shout out to Don Goldbacker and Christina Sprightly. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. I hope I am, Christina. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys so much for supporting us on Patreon. It means a lot to us. Um, I think I've shared plenty about that in the past. Uh, for, but uh, just, again, want to thank everybody. Really, truly appreciate your support uh, using Patreon. Patreon forward slash art of the float is where you want to go if you're interested in supporting us um, and uh, also get access to lots of high resolution photos of people floating that you can use for your marketing. So check that out. And again, we appreciate your support. I also want to give a shout out to FloatHelm. FloatHelm.com is where you want to go to schedule your free tour of FloatHelm. And uh, not just a uh, you know a video of a tour, but this is actually somebody being on the phone with you walking you through their software and being able to see exactly how it's going to be customized for your business because you might not just have float tanks. You might have massage, acupuncture, yoga, all these other things, and you're going to want them on the phone and being able to demonstrate live in front of you how that's going to work. So, I mean, you, you can't ask for more than that. That's uh, pretty great. You don't get that with the other software companies. So, again, floathelm.com is where you want to go. I'm really excited. Our guest tonight is Mike Arnison of Upbuild, and he is an SEO expert. He knows everything about all that code information going on behind the scenes, and he's going to join us and talk about some, honestly, a little bit uh, hardcore, a little nitty-gritty, geeky information, but we're going to break it down and really understand what Float Centers should be looking at in Google Analytics, how we can design our websites, and just really understand uh, the, the website side of things that's going on that can sometimes give us a little bit of a a glazed over look in our eyes uh, and really actually be engaged with Google Analytics, understand what kind of information it's giving us, and then maybe even um, find out what we can do to uh, to improve those those metrics. So uh, that's coming up in just a little bit here. Amy, Brian. Oh, Brian is also with me tonight too. I guess I should mention that as well. Hi, Brian. I'm always here. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's always here. But he's got something to share this week. But first, I do want to say hi to Amy and, and uh, invite you to tell us about your week. Hey there. Hey there. Uh, it has been an interesting week. We are right in the thick of build out now. Mm, congrats. And uh, yeah. This, this I, is I, where you kick back, right? And just drink yeah, beer. Yeah, exactly. And you watch just kind of watch it all come together. It's like <laughs> magic. It's amazing. Now, <laughs> uh, now, this week has been particularly frustrating, but not in the way, not in the normal way. Frustrating in that. Uh, so we have to get our signage done, but my uh, designer, my graphic designer, hasn't gotten me a vector yet, so they can finish that. I have some graphic work to do. I have another designer working on that, but he hasn't gotten anything to me. Every time I, I, I try to go do something, something else is standing in my way. So uh, after a few days of what felt like hitting my head up against the wall, I decided that I'm going to dig into some of the more fun stuff. Well. Oh perception of fun stuff um, for a business owner <laughs> right right and uh, and just yeah just kind of kind of play a little bit this week so i i've been doing some things like um picking out mark and i have been picking out our our scents we have an aromatech system which is uh which is a air scent system and we have been sniffing a lot a lot of smells <laughs> arguing about which smell is going to be better, which smell represents the business a little better than the other. So, uh, yeah, it, it's actually kind of fun, even though Mark and I don't necessarily have the same taste in, uh, in smells. Uh, but we've been doing things like that. We've been, I'm sorry, go ahead. You were going to say just, something? Uh, not a shocker. That's just not, not, not shocking yeah, I know, to me. I know. <laughs> yeah, Mark, we cannot have the place smelling like coffee. I'm sorry, coffee is not going to be our branded scent <laughs> but you know we're the shot uh, that's um great. we were looking over our uh, playlist our music selection so we have decided to go with spotify's soundtrack your business program for our music in the next location and they have a lot of playlists and a lot of 
channels to choose from. Okay. So we've been listening to a lot of music, trying to find something that just feels right for our center. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's kind of fun. You get to sit there and, well, I do live in Nashville, so critiquing music seems to come <laughs> naturally to everyone around here. Right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's been kind of fun. We have been choosing paint colors. One thing I realized, we have a lot of walls <laughs> that need paint. <laughs> so many paint colors. Um, some ways it's overwhelming, but once our designer narrowed it down and she's like, okay, for this room, here's like four choices. Pick one of these. It's not so bad, right? Right. That's so, nice. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's been fun. It's just little design things. I'm not really good at this stuff, but... But it's still kind of fun to explore and create something that feels right to your brand. It reminds me a lot of Lance, how he would always talk about um, wanting to make his place feel uh, very, having that sensory spa feel, having the, you know, being very oh, particular right. about the, the way it smelled, about the way the fabrics felt, about the mm -hmm. way the lighting was, that sort of thing. You know, doing those kinds of touches, even though for someone like me, they're a bit arduous, in the end of the day, uh, there are the things that you can see and feel and smell, and you feel like you've gotten somewhere. You feel like you've actually accomplished something. Um, because, you know, I've been going to the, the space location, and they finally got the walls up as far as the, um, uh, just the, without the drywall up yet. The, but the framing. Thank you. Framing. Mm -hmm. That's the word I'm thinking of. It's been a long day. Um, but, you know, I've been going for a week and it's all still looks the same to me, even though I know they've been extraordinarily busy um, doing doing things like putting up the walls. By the way, interesting thing. So I didn't quite realize how these people put up the walls. So I go in and there's a man on stilts. <laughs> And ah. the stilts are on top of five-gallon buckets oh, upside down. no. And no, they're no, attached. No, 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 no. And he's, like, going down the hallway. Was he just cosplaying? Was he, <laughs> no. What character was he? It was kind of, yeah, I didn't recognize him. Oh, no. So the buckets were actually attached the to his... buckets? I have a picture of this. I will post... I will Please. send you this picture to post in the notes. It's oh, the most hysterical man. thing. And Mark looked at him. He's like, is that OSHA approved of the workplace? <laughs> <laughs> for everything you have to get approved for your float center for this, yeah, it's a little, yeah, little but silly. But it was very innovative. I, I mean, I, I appreciate the creativity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it looked terrifying, but you know, good for him. Uh, and he so, was putting know, up sheetrock. Is that what he you was, said? No, actually, he was. I don't know what he was doing. I'm going to be completely honest with you, but he was drilling something in the ceiling. I think they were framing out the the gyp ceiling, the gypsum ceiling. Got it. So he's he doing <laughs> something way up there. I don't know. Did he ever say, thou shalt not pass? <laughs> Is that, maybe that's what he was doing. I didn't get close enough because I'm thinking okay. if he falls over, he needs at least like a seven-foot <laughs> leeway or else like I'm a, I'm a goner. So uh, It's like felling a tree, it? totally. I was just going to stay away. But uh, yeah, I'll have to post a picture. It was the most. Uh, maybe somebody else has seen this uh, trick but in their construction build-out. But yeah, it was the first time I'd seen it. It was, it was quite amazing. The things you see when you actually show up for your specific contractors <laughs> to work has been quite entertaining and disappointing uh, as well. Disappointing. But, but actually, as follow-up, you said you guys had a come-to-Jesus moment. I don't know if it was a week or two ago, but uh, things have been good since then. Okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> things have been good as far as people are showing up. They're, they're doing their stuff. They're doing what they're, they're told. However, one of the things that I've asked for for uh, three weeks now is a budget and a timeline. Ah. He never gave me his complete a budget and I don't have a timeline. So it's kind of <sighs> like, it looks like we're at the place where I should be getting in like the, the internet and the phone system, but I don't know. And he hasn't told me. So we are actually having a meeting, a sit down, huh. probably another come to Jesus, but <laughs> a much nicer come to one Moses. this time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is a southern thing, y'all. It's kind of like right up there with Bless His Heart. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're going to have a, a meeting tomorrow and hopefully get that stuff straightened out. I don't think it's a huge deal at this point. I could be so wrong. I better be knocking on wood right now. Uh, it, it's probably not a big deal because everything appears to be going really well. 
but I... That's the most dangerous time. That's I know. <laughs> You need to double down on these guys. I've been waking up in the middle of the night just, like, in a pure panic. So uh, we haven't gotten that, you know, too far yet. I think they've gotten some of the HVAC done, but not really. The electrician is supposed to start coming in this week and, and working on that. And that's when things get a little scary. So we have a lot of elect- electrical things to do, which... You know, it's pretty pricey. The electrical it portion can be kind of surprises me. And yeah. even if you're doing it yourself, it's it's pricey. But yeah, when you're paying contractors to do it, professionals to do it, good lord. Yeah, and we mm-hmm. have a lot. We have a lot to put in. And you know, over in the kombucha in the tap room, oh, yeah. we're having a big cooler put in where we can keep the taps and awesome. uh, keep so the cool. kegs. And yeah. <laughs> you know, that requires that has a lot of uh, requirements. And mm. so it's you know, it's a little little nerve-wracking but i'm hoping that i'll come away tomorrow feeling really really uh good about where we're at and have a a date that we're going to be open or at least you know somewhere close in the ballpark i mean i'm not stupid enough to to think that he's going to give me a date and on that day without fail we're going to like wake up in the morning we're going to open the doors and you know no i know better than that but ballpark would be nice cool all right well, That's I look plan. forward to hearing next week how <laughs> that yeah. come to Jesus meeting went. <laughs> if I come and I'm crying and like, yeah. oh, I don't know about this week, um, then perhaps we should find another topic. But uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully it'll be good. Hey, and I have one more thing I want to share please, this please. week. I just finished a book, and it's called Hug Your Haters by Jay Bear. <laughs> and it is all about fielding complaints and the different types of people who complain and the different type of, of complaints. And, you know, I like to systemize everything, and particularly as we're getting ready to leave Float Nashville and move on to Float Alchemy, uh, we want to make sure that there are, there are guidelines so that our staff never feels like they've been left alone or left behind. So when complaints come in, right now a lot of the time uh, we have some staff that it's really fantastic about dealing with complaints other staff that's not as confident and it comes to mark and i to deal with not that we get a lot of complaints but nonetheless we want to empower them and also help the people who don't feel as confident give them guidelines and scripts if they need them to Mm. walk through a complaint and how we want them dealt with because we're not going to be there so this book has helped me work Mm. through a system and we're going to do a little bit of training before we leave. And I'm acting like we're leaving forever. But we're going to do a little bit of a tr- of a training so that we cool. can I'm leave glad you feeling clarified. really positive. Yeah, <laughs> we're not going away. We're actually going to be at a place 25 minutes down the road. So we're fine. But cool. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if y'all are in a position where you're not quite sure what to deal with complaints or the thought of getting a complaint, it just makes your stomach turn and you just feel awful and you're not quite sure where to start and you're kind of that panic phase. It's a really great book to go out and pick up lots of actionable steps and uh, good stuff. So I want to put that out there in case anybody else was struggling like we were. Thank you for sharing that. It's always good to have a good, good book read for our businesses. Um, and yeah, who among us doesn't get a knot in their belly when they get a complaint or a a Yelp review and you do get a little desensitized to it over the years, but it, when you see it every time, just, mm, God, mm, just a little knife twist right in the yeah. gut. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's you... oh, sorry. <laughs> it's feeling better for you, though, after having read the book. The confidence. I feel that we can instill a little bit more confidence in our staff. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you don't want to see them struggle either. You don't want to see them feel <laughs> right. awkward. And because the client can read that as well. And, you know, I think a good experience, even if it's not been perfect, it can be made better by the way that that's addressed and the faster it's addressed and the, and the, um, and the way that it's addressed can really change the entire perception. So we want to be able to do that for our staff and for our clients. Cool. Yeah. So what's new with you this week? What's going on? Um, I think this week was about sleep deprivation with our child. But as far as the business goes, it was about meeting our neighbors because we've been open for six years. And actually, you know what? Some of it had to do with you during our roundtable talking about um, how you can add value add to your packages. Uh So it's like um, you can have a float or you can. Okay. So actually, very specifically to what you said was you can have a float and I think it was like $15 towards a brewery, a brewery, yeah. a brewery. Or and craft brew. Sure. Craft brew. So, um, yeah. 
we have businesses around that have that kind of seems like flexible product, like distilleries specifically around us. And I'm not sure that I want to do anything like that for the holidays. Maybe I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, and I'm not sure that Sandra likes the idea of, of pairing booze with a float, um, because you did it for Father's Day. And that just seems like the perfect, like just mm, right on the bullseye match right there. Because that's, uh, that's what I would love. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, post, some post whiskey and yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, I've just been meeting our neighbors, just chatting with them and seeing if they're open to this. Everybody seems totally like there is no barrier <laughs> at all other than the one I've created of being an introvert. So um, so that's really interesting. So first of all, you do have a lot of very interesting small shops around you. Yeah. So what type of shops have you been approaching? Well, um, distilleries. Spe- I mean, specifically distilleries. Specifically? Yeah, but okay. w- at least in this week. But in the past, I've also reached out to restaurant, um, restaurants and yoga. And, and, I, and we have the smoothie cart in our... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, driveway. So, I mean, there, there's that too, but I don't know if that counts as much, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Can you give, uh, so let's say that I want to go or one of our listeners wants to go and do this. How did you approach it? Did you just walk in? Did you give them a call? Did you send an email? <laughs> do you have like a small script or a way to ask? Any yeah, hints, I, I write it all on my hand. I get nervous uh-huh. and sweaty. I, r- I rub my hands <laughs> together and then I look at it and say, uh, yeah, I talk backwards and don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, it, it's like asking a girl out in middle school is exactly, if you want to know exactly what it's like for me, it's like that. Uh, no, actually funny enough, I, sorry, this isn't exactly the greatest advice, but I have a hairstylist, uh, who is good friends with, uh, a distillery uh, one block from us that I've never been inside. And it was like, oh my God, why have I never been in there? So I had a way to break the ice and chat with them and, and sample, uh, which was nice. And then I do frequently buy from another distillery. They just have a uh, great, it, they're just a great gift idea for a lot of people, including my dad. So um, I'm friendly enough with them, but I've never talked to the owner before. So that was a nice kind of bridge of already be, kind of being friends with the staff there a little bit, or, or I don't know if friends is the right word, but you know, being familiar face mm-hmm. and uh, bringing it up that way. So um, those aren't the greatest examples, but I think Basically, you can just say, I'm a local business here, and this is what we do. We'd love to have you guys float and um, experience this. So you can talk about it and know what this is. And we'd also love to see if you'd be interested in partnering up these these uh, unique unique things that we do. Um, so far, everybody seems really in. And maybe it's partly that it's Portland. Everybody's like, yeah, floating, that's weird. We do booze. Yeah, let's throw these things together. Let's do something. I don't know. Maybe there are other cities or towns that wouldn't be as excited about that, but it, it's working out for us. Yeah. I like it. Nice. Yeah. Very fun. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that comes into play. Maybe not so much during the holidays here, and maybe we'll, we'll see if it, you know, Sandra and I will talk, but um, certainly, like, you, like for Father's Day, I'm just going to rip you off if I can. Yeah, and please Potentially do. <laughs> for some other future stuff. Brian, how are you doing? Doing good. Yeah? Nice. I uh, haven't seen much of you lately. Have you been keeping busy? What's going on? Been keeping as... busy, yep. I'm, I mean, we see each other. We have meetings. We do run a business together. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But on the off time, I'm used to a lot more a lot more back and forth with you. Seems, I know, I know. Quiet. What, are you, what are you up to? What's going so on? So I, uh, I started driving for Lyft. Um, hmm. I thought it'd be a good idea to put a few more coins in my pocket. and um, It's always a good idea. Yeah. Always a good idea. <laughs> Especially recently, I've, I've been following uh, cryptocurrency like Bitcoins and et cetera mm-hmm. for, for a number of years. Um, and I kind of made a decision. I was like, you know what? No more. The only money you can put into the cryptocurrency market is like side hustle money from things like Lyft. So <laughs> that's, my, that's my extra oh, play. That's my, my gambling money, money um, <laughs> right, to, right, right. to play with. Uh, so I, I just, it took a while to get approved, um, probably about a week and a half. And I just, uh, had my first day driving for Lyft this last week. Sweet. And, uh, you know, first ride, I was a little nervous, went okay. Second ride (laughs) went pretty good. And third ride, I see, Hey, you need to go pick up your passenger Graham over in Southeast Portland. I was like, no way. How many Portland grams are there in Portland? Big. Portland's too big. <laughs> Portland's too big. Is this? Could it be? And so I, I pull up, and sure enough, 
It's Graham from Float On. I roll down my window. I'm like, Graham Tally, how you doing, sir? Hop on in. And he oh, does it give the last name? It doesn't give the last name. No. So, so did I think he, he was a little thrown off by that. Okay. And I also, he didn't. He didn't recognize me at first. Oh, like he just hopped in the car. He's like, Hey, man. Like, yep. Just going to a basketball game or something. <laughs> So I was trying to drop some hints. I was like, oh, yeah, how's uh, Float On going? Uh, do you like floating? Art of the Float podcast is going well. And finally it clicked. He's like, oh, yeah, Brian. Yeah, cool, man. That's cool. Uh, so just super small world. I can't believe that my third ride was ridiculous. someone in the float industry. Your third ride. is That is ridiculous. Um I can't even, I can't even, I can't handle it. But I do understand him not recognizing you because he's used to seeing you across the table with a beer in your hands. Right. Pretty right. sloshed. I'm yeah. not going to lie. Brian, right. Brian likes right. to knock hey. him back. No. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, you being the driver that just, I could totally understand him not, not recognizing sure. you. And it, like, I love the idea of you dropping in. <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, so Graham, I know, I know you listen to every episode. Uh, thanks for driving with me. You were a great passenger. <laughs> Uh, during the during the ride, uh, what kind of podcast are you listening to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's uh, go ahead and go ahead and plug your phone in if you want to uh, play some podcasts. Just uh, <laughs> pick from your top uh, top two. <laughs> top two. Go ahead, play whatever you want. Uh, that's great. No pressure. No, no pressure. pressure. <laughs> whatever uh, whatever floats your boat in terms of podcast. Uh, uh, just go ahead. And there's a real right art in. to choosing a podcast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, whoa, no, no need to get salty about it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't right. start me on float puns, man. We, I know. we don't want to eat up too We've much. We've got a whole industry time. of people. Yeah, no way. Yeah, uh, I floated. I did a, like, let me float an idea your way to somebody. They're like, ah! <laughs> 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 like, oh, bless your heart. That is so sweet. You're not in the industry. You haven't heard that a million times. That is so good. Mm, that feels good. I want to, unless, is, is there anything more anybody wants we'll to share? We, we... we got to stop the joke train and get this episode going. Yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> right. It's going to be a good one. Okay. Well, before we bring Mike on here, um, I do want to give a shout out to ProFloat, who we've teamed up with. They're selling all sorts of awesome float products specifically for float centers. They are a float tank manufacturer. They understand what you guys need as far as water chemistry goes, all that good stuff. Um, so go to artofthefloat.com forward slash ProFloat. And if you use that link, it's basically an affiliate link. Uh, it just links your account to us. And anytime you shop through them, it sends a few shekels our way, which we really appreciate. And uh, we actually truly love what they're doing and love supporting them as well. So thank you so much for checking them out. Okay, so Mike is... Well, actually, I'll, I'll let him introduce himself here. He is with uh, the business that he started called Upbuild, and we want to talk about website engagement and understanding Google Analytics tonight. The real, real hot, sexy stuff. This episode <laughs> is going to be on fire. So, uh, Mike, thanks so much for joining us again. You were on episode 34 talking about search engine optimization, one of our hot episodes. <laughs> uh, so welcome back. I'm sorry it took over a year to bring you back. Yeah. How are you doing? But also one of our few returning guests. Ah, yes. We are upper echelon only of, top uh, shelf comeback. Two timers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> liked, us liked us a lot, huh? I Does feel Mike especially honored. Thanks so much for <laughs> having me back on the podcast. It's super cool to be back on. Thanks. Absolutely. So you started up building. Oh, my gosh. How long has it been now? It's been like uh, over two and a half years. Okay, wow. cool. Con congratulations. Uh, yeah, thanks again. A community of entrepreneurs here. We we know how difficult it can be, and uh, uh, celebrate each other's success. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe you're you're having some success with your business. <laughs> yeah, it's, it turns out it's going pretty well. Um, <laughs> I just count myself extremely fortunate that I get to just do the stuff I'm most passionate about mm. day in and day out, as uh, I'm Love sure it. is the case with uh, all of you, which like you get to geek out over the stuff you're super <laughs> geeky into. Um, so I, I think we have a lot of similarities and nice. uh, we're, we're in cool positions. Can you tell me what Upbuild does exactly for its clients? Yeah. So I refer to Upbuild's offering as technical marketing. So Pretty much if you have a Venn diagram where one side is marketing and one side is web development, we're the intersect. Nice. So search engine optimization fits really well really well in there. Analytics, which we'll talk mm -hmm. about, I'm sure, in a little bit, uh, fits really well in that. And then like things like 
conversion rate optimization, running A-B tests on your site. Nice. Um, pretty much if you need those two skill sets, we want to bridge the gap between those and uh, partner up with uh, some cool businesses and do awesome stuff. Beautiful. Well, um, I definitely want to get back to A-B testing. That's something um, we talk about a lot and do for Facebook uh, marketing, but uh, I'd love to know a little bit more about that for our website. That's interesting. Um, so the, the real reason I invited you on, I, I follow you on Twitter. And I, you know what? Let me ask you, why do you blog? What is the purpose of you blogging? That's a fantastic question. I don't know if, the, if I've ever been asked that on a podcast before, but I kind of <laughs> love it. Because nice. um, more than a few times, I've brought this up to my team, uh, the question of who do we blog for? Or who, right. you know, who do I blog for as the person who's kind of uh, tasked with being um, <laughs> the fearless leader of the organization? Uh, you know, I think it's easy for um, folks in our industry in you know, search marketing or web analytics to feel that like in order to have something that's worth saying, you need to have like this some brilliant idea that is going mm. to impress the thought leaders in the space. So like <laughs> the CEO of like the biggest uh, search engine optimization company, uh, like I need to impress that guy. And like if I can't come up with something that's that good, uh, blogging is too intimidating. Uh-huh. Um, really, I mean, I attribute this. Go, you can re-listen to my first episode on Art of the Float podcast uh, <laughs> to learn about like how I got into this thing. But uh, mm. The TLDR of it is that <laughs> I realized that this was something I was super passionate about, and I really wanted to learn as much as I could. So I read a lot of cool content. I came up with ideas by observing what other people did. Uh, so blogging to me a lot is um, it is in large part about giving back to kind of the industry and the space that allowed me to be successful by sharing their ideas so transparently and publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like... I like to geek out on stuff and be like, hey, here's this ridiculous thing that I did. Uh, and I put it on the <laughs> internet. And sometimes people are like, that's really cool. Excellent. Um, as is the case with uh, one of my recent posts that caught your attention, which is very Oh, awesome. funny. Nice. OK, great. Well, great. So yes, that your blog post about uh, uh, bounce rates on your Google Analytics, and not, not just the bounce rates, but what does the bounce actually mean? And then you have a little little algorithm that you can put into your code and actually um, really clarify what that what that bounce actually means and customize it to what you want it to mean so it has more relevance for you, which is, is really cool. But I think I think maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Um, I almost skipped past the what is a bounce because I know what a bounce rate is and I, I understand that. So I almost skipped it, but the link didn't work. And I think it had to do with my phone, not with your website. Don't worry. <laughs> so I ended up starting to read it and I went, oh, oh, this is different than I thought. So can you tell us um, what a bounce rate is? Absolutely. Or I keep saying rate. What, what should I be saying? Just what a bounce is? I make the same exact... Uh... <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't say mistake, but I, I, I use those terms interchangeably. I'll be okay. like, okay, bounce is uh, what I'm talking about here. And then you know, 10 seconds later, I'll say bounce rate. Okay. Um, <laughs> so ba- a bounce is a, you know, a specific type of user inter- interaction or a scenario that a user interacts with your site within. And then a bounce rate is you know, the percentage of those that occur out of your total visits. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with, I guess, the popular misconception of what a bounce is. Uh, and then we can talk about what it actually is. So cool. bounce rate, when you typically hear about it in conversation with people who operate websites, uh, whether or not they're like officially in marketing roles, uh, they could be site owners um, who run float centers, uh, <laughs> the bounce rate is typically viewed as a bad thing. And it's like, hey, if I have a high bounce rate, that probably means my site isn't doing well, right? Totally, yeah. Um, so you see something like a 97% bounce rate, and you're like, whoa, that must mean my site is not doing well. Uh, People are reading my blog. They're getting yeah, there and clicking exactly. away immediately. Exactly, and especially because of how it's named, like it conjures up this image of like you know somebody hits this wall on your website and they bounce off and they don't come to your site and it, and it's a terrible user experience for that user uh, and it's a terrible success indicator for your website or an inverse success indicator. Right. Or, or as you, uh, I think you'll get about fifty percent of the population with your metaphor, which was, I believe, a dwarf bouncing off of a, I, I don't yeah. know, I forget what it was, off of a shield. Yeah, um, dwarf bouncing off of a broad shield and just uh, bouncing off into the distance. 
to get the other 50% for our sci-fi listeners, it's like you're on Arrakis and Harkonnen shoots a blaster at you, but your shield it bounces right off because it was going too fast. If they slowed it down, a knife, a dagger will get through there. Good. So we have our entire audience understands what it bounces now. Good. Uh, so please, okay. So yes. so that's the that's the conception of, of what it is. Yeah, and so when uh, probably one of the most common questions that I'm asked as you know a quote unquote thought leader in uh, analytics and, and such is, you know, what's a good bounce rate? Or, you know, even I uh, taught a class today at Portland State University about, you know, Web Analytics 101. And right off the bat, people wanted to know, what's a bounce rate we should shoot for on our website? Oh, like, I run a marketing site. What should my bounce rate be? My boss says, like, 60% bounce rate is bad. Um, what, what can I, how can I find, like, an industry benchmark? Or how can I figure out my yes. competitor's bounce rate? And oh, the wow. thing is, uh, one, we'll get into this maybe a little bit more later. Bounce rate, the bounce rate that you should aspire to is going to be entirely dependent on the objectives of your site. Because let's, before that, talk about what a bounce rate or what a bounce actually is. <laughs> right. So the way that analytics platforms uh, operate is that they are logging interactions on a website and recording those, uh, essentially, their data hits um, to give you a picture of how people are using your site. So if you go to somebody's homepage, to the floatshop.com, for example, or the float podcast, uh, you go to the homepage and it says, oh, actually, somebody viewed the page. We're going to send that and record that hit in analytics. And in order to see something like, hey, time on site, that's a metric that everybody can understand, like how long did somebody send, uh, send, uh, spend on a website. Mm -hmm. To calculate that, the way that any analytics platform does that is it needs at least two reference points uh, between which it can calculate the time difference in milliseconds and figure out how many seconds occurred between those two things. Mm -hmm. uh, the one thing that is not necessarily super apparent um, when you're looking at like these reports in an analytics platform is if somebody views your homepage and then two seconds later they go to the next page, that's a two second visit. If there are no further interactions, that's the, the, the last thing your analytics platform knows ah. is that second interaction. Mm -hmm. There's nothing uh, subsequent after that to measure against to calculate a new time on site. Why wouldn't there be another point? Would it just be closing out the browser? Does it time yep. out at a certain point? The, it, the answer is both. So okay. if you close out the tab, if you close down the browser, uh, browser completely, uh, and usually there's a 30-minute timeout. So if there's 30 okay. minutes of inactivity and no successive interactions are sent, um, it will reset the session, and uh, it will consider that a the end of the visit. So when I read an Ars Technica review over a month, they have no idea that I'm actually reading their article then, essentially, yeah. based on your metrics that you're giving. Absolutely. Like, because I just keep that open, and I just, I just dive into that review every couple days, jump in. That's really interesting. Those okay, reviews exactly. are multiple pages long, so you are clicking, Eventually I'm clicking. through the website. Mm -hmm. But there's yeah. still days in between that. Oh, sure. Certainly not 30 minutes. Very interesting. Okay, please, sorry. Yeah, just, trying, so, just trying to get a frame of reference here. So that's uh, some of the basics of how a lot of analytics data points are calculated, these metrics that you're measuring when you look at a report. What a bounce actually is, is a single interaction visit. So you, know, you need point A and point B to calculate time on site, to calculate total pages per session. Uh, but if there's only one data point, uh, there's nothing with which to calculate uh, time on site, multiple pages. So okay. what an analytics platform is telling you when it says there's a bounce is that that's just somebody that came to the site and they viewed a page, but we don't know what they did afterward. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I usually uh, try to recommend uh, people think about is, sure, sometimes, depending on your site's objective, um, a bounce isn't great. Uh, maybe you actually really want somebody to dig pretty far into your website to explore what you're offering, mm -hmm. to you know, book a float, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe a single page visit isn't a great, um, uh, a great success in your book. But sometimes if you have, you know, for example, um, on the Art of the Floats podcast pages where you can play the podcast via the embedded SoundCloud right. player, Yes. Uh, if somebody goes to that page and because, uh, you know, let's say Brian shares it on the Facebook page, yeah. somebody comes to the episode page, they listen to the whole thing. Yeah. That listening action isn't actually communicating with Google Analytics, but that initial page view was. Uh, so if somebody spends 30 minutes or an hour listening to that page and then they're like, 
that was a great podcast. Let me copy the URL. I'm going to share it on Twitter. I'm going to share it on LinkedIn. I'm going to share it on Facebook. I'm going to just like all of our listeners do. We love it when they do that. Exactly. Like every single (laughs) listener does. Um, If everybody does that same interaction, uh, that same kind of representative journey, the bounce rate for your episode page is going to be 100% because there was only one initial interaction and nothing else happened after that. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that Google Analytics or other platforms for that matter just doesn't have anything to calculate um, between. So it has that one interaction, that's it. So that's what a bounce is and that's what a bounce rate represents. Thank you so much. I think that is a huge eye-opener right there of just how, I don't know, how dumb it is. And I don't mean like stupid, like that's, that's a dumb idea, but I mean it just, it lacks... Uh, metrics, basically. It just mm-hmm. lacks information to be able to tell you. It's a, it's just a dumber piece of information. And same with the, the time on site as well. It's much simpler than I thought. So um, thanks for the bounce information and the, the time on, on site as well. That's really interesting. Um, so then do we just put our hands up in the air and shrug and go, okay, so what do what is a good bounce rate then? Or what is our objective? What, what, where, where do we go from there? So um, I think at a basic level, if we're going to say, like, let's just stick with uh, Analytics 101, the thing to do would be to think about it and figure out what really makes sense for your site's objectives. So um, if you're a content site or like a primary, your primary thing you're doing is creating blog content that you want people to read, mm-hmm. uh, or you're trying to be like a quick answer site. So if like, mm-hmm. you know, you go to eHow or something, um, those people who are getting a lot of value from the site aren't necessarily going to have any reason to dig in Mm -hmm. uh, to your site. And actually, if they have to poke around on your site, that's actually kind of a negative quality. (laughs) Like that means that the first thing they landed on didn't (laughs) answer their question. Funny. Um, So first, figure out if your situation warrants uh, having a low bounce rate. Um, And the other thing to do, the, the next most advanced step that you can do is actually hack your bounce rate a little bit. Um, so what you can do with an analytics platform uh, is I, I refer to Google Analytics kind of as like the IKEA of web measurement. Like, oh, interesting. Okay. You can get some pretty good stuff out of the box. Uh, it's going to serve uh, its purpose fairly well, but you might want to upgrade at some point, and huh. you might want to customize things. Like you know, if you get a piece of furniture from IKEA, like maybe you're going to want to put new hardware on it so it like looks a little better, or like you know, change the paint colors or upgrade sure. it somehow. You can modify it to fit your needs because it's like 80% of what you wanted, but like you kind of sell right. it because it was IKEA and it was cheap <laughs> That's and great price, you could yeah. fit it in the back of your Subaru. <laughs> um, so uh, Google you know Analytics is cool like that. So if we did want to say like, okay, what if we did some other magic stuff uh, to get a better idea of bounce rate mm-hmm. um, by giving Google Analytics that second data point that it needs to say like, oh, that visit, that visit actually wasn't a bounce. So mm-hmm. two scenarios again, let's go back to that. So the, the true bounce is what we can label that, would be someone who comes to the site within one second is like, oh, I actually don't like this site. It's, tor- it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go and leave. So yeah. that's a true bounce. We want that to be recorded as a bounce because right. we need to know that we need to improve those um, and not have as many. Right. The other one is you know, the person who spends 10 minutes reading an article and was like, oh, this is actually really cool content. So what I've developed uh, in this blog post, and that's this is by no means like the only way to do this, but it's one idea that I've had and decided to share, is a um, kind of block of JavaScript code that's going to allow you to do stuff. And if JavaScript is not a familiar term, that's totally okay. It's uh, geeky programming stuff. Uh, what it's doing is listening for interactions on your site uh, using a coding language that runs in your browser to see whether or not you do a couple key things that are going to represent to Google Analytics that you are actually more engaged with the site than they're really giving you credit for. So if you land on the episode page for this podcast and you like scroll all the way to the bottom, if you read like if there's a full transcript and they read all that, they click play on the thing and they're there for like 10 minutes, um, I would probably say that like, hey, if that person is on the page for more than, you know, five minutes or even more than like two minutes, uh, 120 seconds. That's actually a, probably a, a pretty good sign that that person didn't hate the content. <laughs> right. um, then, you know, b- above and beyond that, what if they also highlighted a snippet of text and they copied it to their, clip, uh, their clipboard? They highlighted mm-hmm. it, did control C because they wanted to like share that out as a tweet or something. 
Um, or, you know, what if we had a site that was a longer blog post and they scrolled all the way to the bottom of that page because they read the whole thing? Really, if any of those scenarios occur, that's pretty that's a pretty strong indicator that that actually shouldn't be considered a bounce. So what totally. you can do is have code that's going to actually communicate something to Google Analytics uh, beyond that initial interaction. Um, and once Google Analytics receives that, it's going to say, oh, actually, there are two data points now. And so now we can calculate time on site. We can see that there was a successive interaction. So that's actually not a single page visit, which is what a bounce technically is uh, by the technical definition. Um, so this kind of script and this tag that I have written on this blog post is something you can literally copy and paste into your site. You can just drop it into your analytics setup. Awesome. Um, and what it's going to do by default is those three scenarios I described. Um, if somebody copies text, if somebody spends more than a specified period of time in seconds on your site, or if somebody scrolls to the bottom of your page, if two of those three occur, it's going to say, hey, that's actually something meaningful. It's going to send data to analytics, which cancels out the bounce. So um, that's not necessarily like the be all end all of like correcting bounce rate, mm -hmm. but it's a great start um, for uh, making that metric a lot more meaningful and representative of your website's actual success and performance. That's super cool. <laughs> nice. Super it is cool. super cool. This is like literally the kind of stuff I live for. Um, that's Excellent. why I love my job. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So um, your job is more uh, advanced. Like the way that you're thinking and the, the code that you write and everything is more advanced than what my brain operates at. So how easy is that to drop into my website and start judging bounce rates? should be fairly easy. Um, so if you take a look at the post, there's um, kind of instructions on here's how to go through this to add it to your site. There's a couple sections in the code that are, um, when you look at any kind of code, um, code snippet in, in any given language, uh, theoretically, like well-maintained code will have comments, which is, you know, uh, text within oh. the code that the processor doesn't go through and uh, actually execute, but it's right. kind of reference points. So you can actually read through the code and hopefully if I've done my job well, there's like human readable <laughs> breakdowns of like, here's what this section does. Here's Beautiful. a piece you need to change based on your website and based on your thing. So like, for example, it's going to say like how many seconds uh, represents an engaged visitor to you. Is it 120 seconds? Is it 60 mm -hmm. seconds? Is it 10 seconds? Uh, you can change that setting in there. Um, so there's a couple different things that you can tweak and you, should pro and you probably should tweak to your needs. But hopefully... Um, it should be accessible to most folks without having to understand a ton of programming or have a background in that kind of thing. Cool. I love it. And I don't know if we mentioned it already yet, but we'll have a link to that blog post in the show notes for yeah, people absolutely. that want to give it a go. And in the newsletter as well. Mm -hmm. we're, we're putting it out there as well. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So I, I just want to also just go back again. My assumption is that most people are not going to grab this code and put it into their website. I, I absolutely champion everyone to do that. But my, my guess is that everybody's not going to jump into it. But I think the just the understanding of uh, a bounce rate and being able to understand, am I working on my... Uh, blog, like do, do I have a ton of people coming to my blog and it looks like they're just bouncing? That might not be an accurate assessment of, of how they're reading it based on uh, Google an Analytics standard view. Um, it's, <laughs> I keep using the word dumb, but it's, it's, just, it's just going forward with its, how it sees things, even though it doesn't, it's not going to adjust to what kind of a website you have or what, what, uh, how you're trying to drive people. So again, yeah. I just find that incredibly interesting. Um, and one and, thing I would add oh, in, also is that, um, you know, if you're not going to modify your bounce rate, which is probably not a terrible idea to just kind of avoid that can of worms until you're ready for, uh, <laughs> to take that leap. Um, <laughs> I think the, the most common mistake that people will, uh, get into as they're trying to interpret analytics reports, which can be admittedly pretty daunting when you go into mm -hmm. analytics.google.com, you're like, what am I even looking at? Mm -hmm. Um, there's a report called the top pages report, and it's just going to tell you what your most popular pages are on your site. Um, bounce rate when viewed in aggregate across all pages on your site ends up being pretty meaningless because like it's completely out of context. Uh -huh. Like different pages have different goals. They have different types of content, different formats, different presentation. So if you are going to kind of start paying a little more attention to bounces and bounce rate, take a look at it on a page by page basis. Nice. So your homepage, you can say like, okay, maybe I actually want a lower bounce rate on that page. That makes sense. Like we don't want people to come out and come in the front door 
and then never do anything else. We want them to actually <laughs> go into the house and like see the cool living room we have, uh, to use uh, right. home uh, housewarming analogies. Uh, and but then on blog posts, for example, like if you're looking at a specific blog post in isolation, 95% bounce rate maybe isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, so you can kind of oh. just take that into context in that situational analysis and say like, okay, that makes sense uh, because of this one specific place on the site I'm looking. Because of how people interact with blog yeah. posts, or, or in our case, our, our podcast episodes. Exactly. That's a good good example, yeah. Um, interesting. So you, you stepped deeper into Google Analytics and, and also like the different type of, of pages that we have. So maybe we can kind of go down both avenues. But I'm curious about... You know, are there other things that we should be looking at in Google Analytics that we can understand how people are u- utilizing our website and how we can refine it? Maybe I'll, I'll just stop there. Does that spark anything for you? And I know, um, so we're we're very niche industry here with float centers, and we're trying to drive people towards actually booking a float at some point. Uh, but there are other things that we're doing. We have a FAQ where we're trying to maybe dispel fears, educate people on what's going on, educate people on the float tanks that we have, the the benefits from it. And then, of course, well, not of course, but a lot of us have blogs going on as well or video segments, that sort of thing. Um, but what does that make you think about? Yeah, so <laughs> let's see. The one thing that is interesting about um, kind of health centers in general that offer things like, you know, float services or massage or yoga classes for that matter um, it's very common to have, of course, a third-party booking provider, so like a platform like MindBodyOnline, mm-hmm. that's going to process all of your um, you know, payments and bookings and stuff like that. That's something that, unfortunately, uh, for better or worse, is going to make analytics a little complex because what you're going to be able to tell is like people came to your website, they explored your services pages, they read your blog, and then they went off to this third-party website uh, that may or may not have tracking on it. Sometimes they do, and sometimes uh, that can be well set up. Um, but that's something uh, that you definitely need to take into account and see if, um, based on how you're using MindBodyOnline, for example, uh, that you are tracking as much of that data as you can. Um, one thing that you can do is take a look at... Um, there's an exit pages report in Google Analytics. And actually, if you look at that, you probably want the top page to actually be an exit to MindBodyOnline, right. uh, mm-hmm. if you can find that. Um, so there, there's, a, there's so much more that we could get into if we wanted to like talk code and tracking snippets for you know, 60, 90 minutes, but uh, <laughs> we won't get into that. Uh, the other thing I think that's that, a safe call, yeah. <laughs> the other thing that uh, float shop owners, uh, or float center owners, rather, <laughs> will probably want to do from time to time is perform some uh, light quality assurance to make sure that analytics code is tracking on uh, every page of your website. So one way that you can mm-hmm. do that, which is pretty helpful, is Google Analytics, um, as of a couple of years ago, has real great real-time reporting. So as you're browsing around a site, there's actually a report in analytics that will show you like who's on your site right now, what pages are they viewing, what uh, geolocation are they coming from. So if I clicked around on uh, floatshop.com right now, um, it would say, hey, somebody is visiting the site on the homepage from Portland, Oregon. And then if I click to the next page to like, um, you know, uh, the, uh, learn about our float tanks page, it would tell me, okay, somebody's visiting on that page. So that's a great way to just confirm that like, hey, our tracking is good. Nice. Um, one thing that uh, you really want to be mindful of is when you're like refreshing your website or redesigning the website, um, just be aware that, you know, even well-intentioned designers can sometimes forget to do things like preserve the tracking code when a new version of the site goes live or when things change on the site. Um, So actually, as we were uh, gearing up for this conversation, I realized that, uh, unfortunately, there is no tracking code for Google Analytics on (laughs) floatshop.com. Actually, as of December 2016, um, oh, that's so funny because I was, I was in my head, I was going, oh man, I love watching that live feed. It's so fun to just see, see that pop up where they're going. <laughs> but yeah, I probably haven't looked at that in over a year. <laughs> so uh, the thing that's, uh, that is also kind of confusing is we have analytics. And when I say we right now, I'm talking about like this pretend team that runs uh, analytics for the float shop. Um, so we uh-huh. have code on uh, MindBodyOnline. So actually, uh, one of the cool things is that you're recording when people go to pages to book through MindBodyOnline. Okay. So actually, when you go to that real-time report, it's saying like, hey, visits are happening. Things are going on on the site. Uh, but if you then drill down into it, you'll realize that if you are going on the main website, nothing shows up. Um, 
So after this podcast, me? we're going to oh, talk God. about how to get your analytics back on track. Uh, <laughs> and I might actually have to do uh, my next blog post on like how to just make sure that everything is peachy keen with your analytics. Um, well, yeah, actually. So, I mean, <laughs> I almost th- I thought Google Analytics was just like kind of hardwired into our website, and that was true for everybody. So we as individual float shop owners need to be making sure that our Google analytics is still handshaking properly with our website. Uh, how frequently do we need to check that? Yeah, also, I'm glaring at Brian too, cause he's in charge of this. Hey man, <laughs> I wasn't involved in the website redesign. That was all you. Interesting. Good call. Oh yeah, that's true. You're right. I, I Sorry. Hands Mike. off of that. Yeah. So I would give this uh, recommendation to any small business owner. And this is the recommendation that I give to all the clients that Upbuild works with is like, Basically, if you know that you're changing something on the website, either make sure you're checking that stuff on your own or you tell somebody who uh, is going to be checking it for you. Um, So yeah, with uh, something like a uh, website redesign, if you are just refreshing the look and feel of your website, maybe it's not, I wouldn't say with 100% certainty that you are at risk for like losing analytics data, but there's a fair chance that that may happen. If you're replatforming, absolutely, that stuff is not going to carry over. So if, for example, you're like, hey, I'm sick of managing my WordPress site. I want to switch to Squarespace. Uh, You definitely need to go and set up that because it's set up differently in each major content management system. Uh, If you're on Wix, for for example, that's going to be another um, kind of setup process. The cool thing uh, that's very helpful for people who just don't have time and resources to like deal with all this technical junk uh, is most content management systems like WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, I think those are probably the major ones for float centers, uh, will have a plugin where all you have to do is put, uh, paste in the account ID for your Google Analytics, and it's going to do the rest. It's going to understand, they, they keep that stuff very up to date, and they're like, okay, here's Google's huh. uh, code template that they use to track analytics. We're just going to put your unique ID in there, and then the site is going to take care of everything else. Um, so, Mike, so is, there, is there a plugin you recommend? Because I, I think what happened with the float shop is during the redesign, it was a completely brand new WordPress install that was migrated over. And so I don't think that's where the tracking code got lost. So if we were to um, fix that, do you have a plugin that you recommend, either Yoast SEO or Jetpack, or I don't know what the options are out there? Yeah, there are a couple a couple good plugins and unfortunately I don't have one where I would be like this is the one to do okay uh this is like a whole nother discussion but there's actually a different implementation that I would recommend called Google Tag Manager which is like its whole own thing and it has a lot of benefits and I would love to get into it now but it would just like take us till uh, midnight uh to talk through all the reasons why uh but one thing when you to keep in mind when you're picking out WordPress plugins is one you want to make sure that it's currently being supported by the developer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first thing would be like, hey, let's look for something with four or five stars on the WordPress um, kind of plugin store, sure. uh, and then also if it's been updated in the last six months, that's fantastic. Uh, and there will also be a note to say whether or not it's compatible with your version of WordPress. So really the last thing you want is like to install some old hacky plugin that nobody is uh, right. supporting anymore with updates because uh, that's going to expose you to all kinds of vulnerabilities and stuff like that. So find one that's updated that seems to have a good rating. And they're essentially all the same. Like it needs to do one thing, and that's basically plop your analytics ID into a basic template. Uh, and that's really all you need for most uh tracking applications. It's going to get you 95% of the way there. I am amazed. I'm on Google Analytics right now. I, sh- I can't believe it's been so long. Every single one of these is mind-body. You're, you are not lying to me. That is crazy. And it's really e- exposing my ignorance of how these things are hooked up, too. I really just thought every Float Center owner out there is plugged into Google Analytics and could, could do this. But yeah, I, mean, just... I don't even remember six years ago how we set this up. Right. I think you're making the assumption that, you know, people search for things on Google and Google is recording that. Um, well, yeah, I guess I just was ignorant of like, oh, yeah, how would that be associated with our website? Like there would have to be some kind of agreement at some point <laughs> between the Google and uh, WordPress. So, yeah, OK. <laughs> 
so yeah, good good question, Brian. Yeah, sorry, I'm on my heels here, reeling. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I hope I didn't uh, throw anybody under the bus here with uh, this analytics finding. Uh, but yeah, we'll right. uh, we'll definitely touch base afterward and make sure uh, we get you set up really well. And uh, we could probably use you as an example of uh, some cool advanced stuff for float centers. I'll take it. Thank you, Mike. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, so we talked about the Google Analytics and things to look at in there. And I'm, I'm curious, uh, are there any things that come up at you for how to, I don't know, utilize our website or organize our website? Um, and, and I don't want to get as narrowed down as like keywords on a website, but like how its, its layout is or its organization. Are there any things that come out to you where it's like, yeah, you should definitely have these things in mind uh, in designing your website? Yeah, I would say that uh, one of the most frequently overlooked things um, in kind of um, you know, web design, which is you know, really trying to convey you know, a message and a feeling and the benefits of some kind of lifestyle change, which is awesome uh, about floating, is that sometimes we get uh, you know, really into um, kind of telling the story that we forget to actually ask folks to do something that we want them to do. Um, so one thing that I think any float center can take back is every key page where you want somebody to do something, you have to remember to ask them to do the thing. Um, so having a call to action, which we call a CTA in the industry, uh, would be like, hey, book your float now. Um, so if we're looking at like what is floating on a standard float site and it's going to outline all the benefits of floating, let's make sure to include some prominent button that actually draws the eye to that specific location, that it's included in a spot that's prominent, that the font is large enough to say like, hey, actually, now that you've read, you know, 50% of everything we have to say about floating, maybe consider booking one. And then <laughs> okay. again, even at the end, like you can ask twice, that's allowed. Uh, at the end of the content, you can say, hey, actually, now that you've read all of this, wouldn't you want to like book a float and uh, experience this for yourself? So you can do that on you know the about floating page. You can do the same thing if your if your center offers massages, acupuncture, counseling, all that good stuff. Sure. Uh, and then also um, even within your top level navigation on a standard float center website, if you wanted to put your you know schedule now or book a float link in a different color where it stands out mm -hmm. more than anything else on that page. Um, you know, if you, if I always like to think about, you know, why does the site exist? Right. Um, and of course, uh, one of the, one of the reasons the site exists is going to be to communicate the benefits, to educate, to inspire, which is all admirable and awesome stuff. But really at the end of the day, the, the site is there to allow people to come to your float center, uh, with yeah. the least friction possible. Right. So, right. um, kind of thinking about, you know, what is the purpose of the site and what is the purpose on a page by page basis of this specific page? Uh, because also sometimes it's worth noting, like, the call to action maybe isn't always book a float. Maybe from the homepage, the call to action is like, first, learn a little bit more about our float tanks. Nice. And then let's go back into, you know, um, you know the diff differences between open float tanks and closed float tanks. And from there, then we actually funnel them into, um, here's how to book your float in the easiest way possible. Nice. Great. Yeah, that, that's a good note right there for sure. What do you think about putting a book your float link on blog posts. I mean, you blog, but I mean, do you have a call to action on a blog post or is that really just, this is good, goodwill, good fortune content to put out to the community? Yeah. I mean, I absolutely believe in the goodwill uh, content and just like putting that, putting out the good vibes, giving as much right. information as you can and uh, kind of being um, confident in the belief that like that will come back to you. But also it's funny. I have a little note on my screen right now that's like, ask Ashley to mock up a call to action for our blog posts. Oh, no uh, so way. So I was like literally okay. thinking about this <laughs> with the bounce rate blog post that I Funny. just wrote. And I was like, we should really have call to, some kind of call to action to like not necessarily like, hey, talk to us for, you know, spending $6,000 a month on a consulting agreement. <laughs> but like, you know, learn more. Like, let, can we send you a white paper or like download our case study or something? Huh, right. Um, to cool. say like, hey, if people are engaged and they like your content or, I mean, I think what I would probably do on blog posts, and I think this is much more aligned with the mindset that a blog reader is in, is um, at the end or even midway through a post, having something to sign up for the newsletter. Like that's mm -hmm. pretty noncommittal. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's, that's basically in tune with what you're already doing, which is, you know, sharing content. It's like, hey, you like this content? Let's share right. more content with you. Cool. Uh, and it's pretty passive. We're not asking for money. Um, right. So let's do that at that point, and I think that's a that's a really natural fit for blog posts. That's great. Yeah, kind of kind of from that 
coldly to warming him up a little bit before the get him into the actual purchase portion. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those six thousand dollar commitments usually aren't at the end of a blog post. I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger. Yeah, interesting, cool. I I really like that that uh, that sticky note is on your computer because yeah, while part of me was going like this is really isn't the place. I was like, why not have have something in there? And and even like you said, in the middle of a blog post, having you know a couple bars, this is clearly a separate thing. But you know, sign up for our newsletter if you're interested mm-hmm. in more of this. And so even if they don't finish that one particularly long blog post they can can still stay stay in touch yeah uh, or we can stay in touch with them i should say interesting very cool uh, i want to put it out to brian and amy to ask if they have any more follow-up questions or any more questions for mike in general i know that i already have my google analytics open and i'm already checking to see because i just did a refresh <laughs> of my website oh, not that long okay. ago and i'm going oh crap some things i need to look at and i think as float center owners these types of episodes and they might not be as fun and they might feel a little heavy but this is the stuff that matters this is the nitty-gritty that you know if you have some competition in town these are the little tweaks and things that you need to be making in order to rise up those um rise up those google uh uh searches and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah such important information and a lot of stuff to wrap wrap my head around and probably so much more to learn because I look at my Google Analytics it feels a little it feels a little overwhelming but I but would you say is there uh, I know we're talking about bounce rates tonight but as we're looking at the analytics are there some other numbers or other things that we should be checking for uh, measurements that sort of thing that can just give us little hints as to how we're doing or things that we need to tweak what else should we be looking for yeah, I mean, one thing that will definitely be beneficial to set up um, would be some kind of goal conversion event. Um, so usually if you have, um, you know, Mind Body Online set up or if you have your own kind of booking engine that you have uh, rolled into your website, hopefully you have like a thank you page that's going to say, hey, when somebody books their appointment and we, you know, take their credit card information, we send it to the thank you page. You can set that up in analytics to say, hey, when somebody views that page, uh, we consider that the best thing that can happen on our website. Mm. So you can get a report to say like, hey, okay, we had 24 uh, conversions this week for you know booking a float. Uh, and then within that, you can break it down by social channel. So you can see like, hey, Facebook gave us 12 conversions and Google search gave us two conversions. And uh, as it turns out, like huh. Twitter didn't give us any and really hasn't given us any. So that can give you a good idea of like, where should we invest? Uh, and what you know, uh, what is paying off in terms of like marketing spend that we may be allocating to like Facebook ads right. uh, or stuff like that. Uh, and then another one, like it's, I could recommend stuff all day for things to look into. Uh, but if people listening to this podcast would like to learn a little bit more about like one, you know how analytics works, and two, of course, like how to read reports and how to get actual insight from them, Google actually offers an awesome resource. Um, which you can find if you just Google um, Google <laughs> Analytics Academy. So uh, they have training courses that are completely free. They're interactive content. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can go through a course called Google Analytics for Beginners uh, and take a look at that. That's a really great place to start if you were like super uh, motivated to go even deeper. There's three other courses that go and just get um, you know much more further uh, down the rabbit hole. Um, but I would definitely recommend checking that out. It takes a couple hours to get through, uh, but it's going to walk you through a lot of cool use cases, make it uh, hopefully a little more familiar uh, to dig around in those reports and really understand what's going on with your website. Very nice. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for being on, Mike. That was fascinating. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm so happy to talk about the stuff, and I'm glad <laughs> uh, to be back on updating to do now. What was that, Brian? Got a lot of website updating to do now. <laughs> yeah, I got I got cold sweats going on over here. This is this yeah. Is I heard not you guys good. are getting bored. You just had way too much free time on your hands. Yeah, exactly. Too much downtime. Time to jump into the website code or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us a second time. It's always an absolute pleasure, and I really appreciate you donating your time to the podcast and sharing, imparting all the information that you have with with the floaty world. So thank you so much. You're, you're so, so welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Uh, let's see here. I think there are a few things I want to mention before we sign off here. I got to get off Google Google Analytics here and get back to my notes. Uh, <laughs> one is just a reminder to thank everybody who's supporting us on Patreon. We truly do appreciate it. Uh, we also want to remind you that we're available for consulting. Uh, um, whether you're starting your float center or you're already running it and want to refine it, when you want some help with marketing, whatever it is, if you're interested in contacting us, we can either help you out or send you in the right direction for somebody who can help you out. And oh my goodness, I also want to give a shout out to our good friends at FloatAway. Of course, these guys deserve a mention. Uh, making the Tranquility Float Tank, gosh, uh, in the early 90s, I believe, is when they started, and they've only been refining that tank since then. And uh, yeah, we Float Shop got one of those recently with starlights in the ceilings, buttons to open and close it. It can cycle different colors of light. And it's also just a very aesthetically pleasing float tank as well. It's one where when people are so worried to get into a closed float tank, they see the Tranquility float tank and they go, oh yeah, okay, I can do that. Oh, plus you've got the button so that you can close the lid, push the button again, and it stops there. So if they want to go, okay, I want to test the lid here, but I don't want to be fully enclosed yet you can really customize exactly what your experience is going to be like and kind of get closer and closer to that, to that enclosed experience, which has been really nice for our uh, customers at the float shop. So floataway.com, again, is where you want to go. Let them know that we sent you and uh, say hello to Ginny and Colin for us. And I think that's it. So please remember, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We'll see you next week.